Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcha. Another week. So we do what we're playing. Yeah, more games have been played. I, I, I want to start by immediately ranting extensively about Guild Wars 2. I was, Go on then. I, I was late here this afternoon because I thought, I know, I'll just knock this, this Living Story 3 chapter on the head and my god. What followed was about an hour and a half of the worst kind of uh, progress by attrition boss fight nonsense I've ever played in that thing. They've got this real, I don't know what it is, we we, we theorised a while back that they've got two different teams, you see. One team does all the fun stuff and is interesting and has nothing to do with the story writing and just likes writing fun events and and, and zones and stuff. And the other other team shouldn't be allowed to do much, really. Um, Yeah. And I don't know which is which. But um, I don't know any of these personalities or names or whatever. I don't follow dev, rock and roll people, that sort of thing. But anyway, so Living World World Season 3 is their big ongoing event thing that they've been doing for years and years now, actually, and they're onto their third season of it, hence the three. Okay. Um, And I think they've just done Lunar New Year and a whole load of running around Dragon Ball nonsense game breaking immersion breaking sort of real world festivities have just finished so now they've added their fourth installment in living world season three called head of the snake um yes and because of some plot uh blah 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 honestly i'm really having trouble with the living world story season thing i've actually coincidentally turned out to have been there for all four of these chapters of it so far um um i think i yeah i saw some no i think i might have missed the bit for the bloodstone fen one the very first one some oh no 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 yeah that was the thing you did some stuff you talked to some people it's, it's the b team of npc heroes who i'm really not that interested in at all um and that's not a not a feeling unique to me either i've been chatting to the gang and they're they're all similarly nonplussed and and unimpressed by the this sort of motley band of npcs who've turned up and get a lot of dialogue time in the cutscene sort of pseudo cutscenes tends to happen in world with just speech bubbles overheads these days um and so there was some plot and some bloodstones and some white mantle and another dragon turning up and two not two dragons now turning up jormag and primordius the fire dragon and the ice dragon who are both turning up at the same time and i don't know what that means considering the last dragon to still the base game was about was the entire story was about defeating the dragon of death okay um the entire heart of thorns uh, expansion was about defeating the, dr- the jungle dragon of life and growth and whatever uh, so now they're just dropping two extra dragons on us as a sort of in-between expansion cutscene sequence of uh, living world events fair so enough I don't, maybe they're getting bored of the whole dragon idea I don't know speeding it along whatever but so all through the base game you have this this big band of NPCs none of whom were particularly likeable I found uh, who are all sort of one of each race who are supposed to be exemplars of what your your race's culture is all about and they all band together and have a lot of a lot of soap opera esque argy bargy and, and emotional problems that you have to try and help them resolve before you can actually go and kill the dragon uh, anyway and, and and then loads of stuff happens to them in Heart of Thorns so you get saddled with this B team of another load of these these uh, sort of NPCs that we don't really care about or know lots yeah want to get involved with it and it keeps making you be involved with them and it's terrible so yes so there was one in bloodstone fen with a with a cult of the white mantle who are basically an enemy group from guild wars one who some somehow have been resurrected back in in this time and uh, now causing all sorts of problem with bloodstone which is this like crazy magic overload dust stuff very reminiscent of of well pretty much any fantasy yeah. <laughs> genre that you can find an equivalent blood elves in wow whatever 
Um, so that was that was all very well, but I did like the zone. Bloodstone Fen is a fantastic zone. It's very three dimensional, and it, and it really works with the gliding mechanic. You get gliders in Heart of Thorns, and and this zone is very much about gliding. There's all sorts of flying orbs you can power your way through. There's lift up drafts that and basically turn the whole thing into a bit of an acrobatic playground. I mean, there's some fighting on the ground, which isn't that much fun either. But the White Mantle foot troopers are generally very powerful members of each of the professions, and are qu- are quite a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah, you know, keep in with the difficulty theme going on from Heart of Thorns. Um, but I like Bloodstone Fen. There's some dailies in there you can do. You can earn various different in-zone in, in currencies to increase your gear, get some ascended trinkets and stuff. Good times. It's all right. Then there's the uh, Ember Bay, which is like the Ring of Fire volcanic islands type chain, and they introduce this thing. Normally you've got these heart quests all around the map in Guild Wars 2, and you do, you do your events when you go to the various places, and it all works along this, this shared bar for a little mini region, and when that bar's full of helpingness, you unlock a vendor and you can move on. Um, what they've done with from Ember Bay and going forward is added infinite hearts. So basically, these you you do the same thing, but every day the bar empties to, to zero again. Oh. so you get to help the same people over and over every Joy. day. That, forever. that sounds fun. Yes, yeah. yes. I like but, it. Well, I'd I like, approve. I'd, I'd prefer it if it were the first time you'd helped them, it actually unlocked and kept unlocked their little shop. But no, you have to do it from scratch every day. <laughs> you go in there. Wow. I know you can't even trade with these people until you've done the requisite amount of monster chasing monsters around. But that's not so bad because it's. It it's rewarding you for gameplay that you're enjoying anyway, which is the basic nuts and bolts gameplay of Guild Wars 2. I mean, Ember Bay's got a lot of flying around stuff going on as well. There's like orbs you can collect of magic in the, in the air and so on with the gliders. I do like the gliders. The gliders are fun. Um, there's lots of lava-themed like mini-events and mini-zones area, a bit of a little jungle island there where you're helping people out. There's the Mersart, which you'll recognise from Guild Wars 1 as well. It's a very nostalgia-themed living world season in general, I think. Not a bad zone, we liked it. Bitterfrost Frontier was part 3, and there was a load of plot that went with that that, oh god, just, just nightmare boss battles and so on. It's a real repeating pattern. You get this... Typically, a living living world season three drop will consist of some some really tedious plot related interpersonal dramas with this B team of NPCs that you don't care about. Then there'll be a load of exposition as well, and a bit of a rambling mess of story. Then there'll be and now you can go and you know you do an instance or two of, of stuff that you sort of drag your way through, and you know wild wild flailing and weird gimmick mechanics. Then there'll be a massive zone that you can go and play in, more content, improved larger world, in, in, you know the stuff we like and this these zones are, are varying quality the bitter frost frontier one's not great that's more up in the north ice the glaciers frozen stuff and so on yeah, the, the, the gimmick mechanic there is uh you have to light these massive torches from braziers and go around and unfreeze treasure chests and stuff it's all right and you have to defend the torches from incoming storms and ice monsters and the like it's fair enough, but then each of these zones will culminate in some nightmarish boss fight type mechanics with real gimmicky learn the dance type stuff, and it, yeah. that's fine if it's a raid, you know, the culmination of a massive raid. But as a, as a sort of you just need to go through this to get to the next bit type personal solo based story, every every chapters ending in some sort of really gimmicky boss i mean the, the, so the latest one the head of the snake thing uh divinity's reaches under attack by the white mantle who, who've sort of elevated from this weird cult poking around in ruins and trying to resurrect dead gods and stuff to a full army that are actually assaulting the throne and the crown um so you end up with a bunch of instant stuff where queen jenna turns out to be an, an 
astonishingly powerful Mesmer, after all, rather than just the figurehead standing there waving a hand a bit. She is capable of of doing Mesmer reflect shields that can envelop the entire city of Divinity's Reach. Mine mine tend to reach about five foot across. (laughs) Um, And and also, all the other Mesmers in the story and the plot tend to be able to use their portals to teleport like hundreds of miles at a time, whereas I get about about 600 600 units of of, of in-game measurement at best. I've given up Mesmer. So you're rubbish then? Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm obviously not any good at mesmering, so I've given it up and I just play my guardian as my main now, which is fun. I'm you know developing out bow skills and trying to work on a, a bow build because we've well we've I finished my ascended weapon for the dragon hunter, which was a, a quite high powered uh, top end stats decent bow. So I tried to come up with a decent build that actually uses all that, and that's going quite well. Quite enjoying just standing at the back and shooting whilst wearing plate mail. Oh, it's the best of all worlds, yeah. and a lot of self heals too. So yeah, it's like a ranger, but you don't get a pet, but you get an enormous amount of self heals via ability and armor so, sounds a lot better yeah yeah exactly I, I like that it's, it's suiting my style well but it's still dumping red circles on me all the time and everywhere i mean the one of the so yeah i tried to get the so the new, the new thing drops a bit of uh, palace uh, the ambassador's reception then a massive assault and large large artillery starts nuking the city and stuff the queen manages to hold it off and you have to go out to this new zone which is literally about 100 yards to the left of the starter human city <laughs> all along and has only just been shown up uh, Lake Doric it's another no eight, one thought to turn left I know did anyone try looking over the wall but there's a whole lake out there which got drained in the assault so there's like a big flat lake basin but it's quite a large zone there's lots to do there these sort of mini infinite hearts all around the place so the whole set of uh, vistas and places of interest it's that kind of guild wars 2 gameplay i enjoy which is the sort of meandering from place to place doing small amounts of, of helping and then doing a bit of fighty fighty and then moving on you know exploring the countryside immersing yourself in what is a very well designed and pretty world but then you do a bit of that and you do some sort of plot out in that zone and you have a run around and you enjoy yourself and then it's down to the, the culminating instance fight and I thought I'd knock that on the head this afternoon you know, move on, get get that done no, Ooh, ah, blimey, there's probably some video of it here but uh, I finished that with all my equipment broken um, because they didn't put a repair anvil in there because they obviously didn't think anyone would need one every time you die you take equipment damage it's effectively ten deaths and you, your equipment's all broken type thing I soldiered on anyway because I just thought I'm, I don't want to have to throw this hour and a half of my life away I managed to get through the, the, the hellish boss fight, which, you know, it, 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 half of the classes in that game are long-distance ranged archer types or, or wizards with long-distance blasty yeah. spells and so on, and yet they keep coming back to this same old fallback of, of, of a 20-meter dia- yeah, 20-foot diameter room, circular room, with an, with an insanely powerful shielded boss in the middle and who keeps spamming red circles all across the room constantly. And of course, with this Living World story thing, they've added a new mechanic in the Mastery's Tree. There's one called Counter Magic, one of these ancient magics. And you think, yeah, cool, I've ground out reputation for a new skill, and that's going to be brilliant, it'll enhance my gameplay. No, what they've added, essentially, is a kind of pop-up skill that you have to mash in order to be in order to not die. It's a kind oh, of okay. quick-time event that transcends class boundaries, because it, it applies to everyone. So basically, you're fighting away against a really quite... What I'm starting to term carousel boss. You know, they stand in the middle. Do you remember Time Bandits? At the end of Time Bandits, where evil is fighting other cowboys yeah, and incoming yeah. knights and stuff, and he just turns into a, this big carousel thing when he gets lassoed. And it's like that. They're pretty much all the bosses they keep dropping on you this time tend to stand in the middle of a big circular room and just spin lots, dumping big circles you can't stand in or you'll die. And of course, this one, every so often, it'll, it'll, you've got this counter magic thing, which basically means that every so often you get this. Whoosh, 
noise, and then suddenly a whole new hot bar button appears on the UI just for this. And you've got to mash it, and the hot key for it is minus. Okay. So it's right down the other end of the keys from the yeah, number keys, yeah. which you're mashing to do your rotation. Or you can actually use your mouse to try and click on it, but it's it's that cardinal sin of UI design. Do not make UI elements jump around or appear and disappear. Yeah. You know, anyone yeah. who knows anything about software design will tell you that. But no, this this button appears in the middle, and then you have to quickly click it. And the the time you get to click it is quite short. If you don't click it, you get a generally not quite one hit, but with everything else going on, it's enough to t- completely get you off kilter and get you killed. Anyway, so so yeah, managed to get through all that, and you know, swearing, looking at the watch, thinking, God, I've got to go and do a podcast any minute now. And so I, I get to get past that, and then there's some this this sort of culminating. Now we're going to go to the the minister Caudicus's study to find out what this was all about thing. And the the one of the NPCs I dislike, Kanak, he 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 takes he he disappears upstairs through a door, and the door's not open. Oh, I can't actually go in there. Some sort of bug, presumably. Maybe. Uh, there's, there's no click anything here to open it. I don't know what was going on at that point. I just rage quit and and now came out here to do it in a calm frame of mind to do a podcast about computer gaming. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real, real mixed bag. This living story three thing. In fact, Guild Wars in general. I think you can you start to see it with Awe and with South Sun Cove, but pretty much everything from then on, they've just starting to really ratchet it up. There's this. I think is a fundamental design fear at ArenaNet. They are terrified of players getting bored because if your players get bored, they go away to another MMO and they give all their money to their cash shop instead. Yep. So we need to keep our players fascinated all the time. And, and, and interest, see, there's the, the, you need to keep your players interested all the time. But what they've actually done is keep their players off balance all the time, <laughs> disorientated all the time. It, 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 I, I constantly keep shouting the phrase, if you're standing still, you're not having fun when we, when we do our Guild Wars night. Because yeah. that is essentially what the, I think what they think when they design everything from Maguma onwards. To be honest, is is a nightmare of red circles being spammed everywhere. You cannot your character cannot stand still and do a rotation like you know old school MMOs. I suppose this is new MMO design. This is this is where it's all going in an attempt to I don't know what combat cons, console titles, first know. person shooters, whatever. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think that's the threat anymore. I'm that's seeing it everywhere in MMOs these days. Increasingly, I mean playing the division as well talk about that later but that again is a game that punishes you for standing still and taking a moment to get your bearings you got they they want to keep the players off balance all the time and i find it i don't find it thrilling or exciting or exhilarating i just find it really irritating and exhausting and that kind of stuff is fine if that's the sort of 10 man coordination at the pinnacle of your progression which is raiding you know i mean typically that kind of stuff is it was has been the staple of world of warcraft raiding since about 2003 or whatever but as a single player, I mean that kind of that kind of design philosophy is applied to the yard trash in Guild Wars Two. From you know pr- probably or onwards, you know the, from the base game onwards, they've just decided to keep people moving, 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 move, 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 do it again. And and if you're having fun, it's three times as much fun if you do it three times. You know it's that whole oh god, I'm just so tired. I probably don't want to be playing. And I I start to question myself: Is this me? Am I am I just? <laughs> getting too old for this yes. it's probably yeah probably perhaps perhaps this is an entirely unjustified rant and perhaps what i'm actually saying here is that i've no business in a modern mmo and i should probably just go off and play minecraft from now on because no. minecraft or something like worm online where you basically stand there and watch crops grow you know that's the kind of pacing i'm starting to appreciate these days but guild wars i don't i don't mean that obviously i do like interesting and action-based games but there's a you know there's a threshold there's a there's a, a good level of it and 
especially if this personal story which the living world story is part of is essentially a core part of your character's basic vanilla progression through the world everything else side activities the rinse and repeats the faction grinds the collect the hundreds of weird currencies for the extra special doodads the achievements i quite i do like doing the collections and the achievements in there but that should all be the extras and the difficult stuff and the the, the bit you need to up your a game or learn new skills for the basic going through the narrative of your world's adventure shouldn't be a constant series of solo raid fights yeah that's what i think but yeah, uh, i don't know I, yeah, do, do let me know i, mean, I can you know, i'm kind of glad we're dropping guild wars 2 down to one night a week now and i'm wondering if that's <laughs> how long the other night's going to continue as well but you know as i say it's this weird dual design team thing going on there because the lake doric zone itself is is very good i think they've learned from bitter frost frontier it's not really it's got not nearly as many veteran patrollers going across the middle of it it's a lot more accessible you can get about to places you want to actually go and do the adventuring much easier Bitter Frost Frontier is a bit of a nightmare because, <clears throat> but most of the thoroughfares of the zone, you know, the, what amount to the roads are patrolled by veteran plus two, yeah, you know, veterans with two uh, two normal mobs, which are very hard work to get anywhere. So yeah. you're having to fight every step of the way, or just run and try and leave it all in your wake. And everyone runs. I, I was sort of ruminating to myself as I was sort of chopping my way through this zone. You know, no other bugger stops to fight this stuff. It's just me. Perhaps I'm stupid, but yes. If everyone is dodging these monsters, no one's stopping to engage with the content, i.e. fight them using the abilities and skills, what's the point in them being there? Mobsticles, I think. Good question. You know, the term. I mean, you know, if you've just got a whole load of monsters that no one is stopping to fight, and you can tell, Guild Wars 2 has this weird little thing where basically, when you kill a creature, you get some XP, obviously, standard thing, but you also get some bonus XP based on how long it's been since the last time that monster was killed. Basically, how long yeah. that monster's been alive increases the amount of bonus xp and sometimes i when i when i you know stubbornly forge my way from a to b across one of these zones i'm getting like four or five times the xp (laughs) for the basic kill by killing them because just no one stops no one wants to actually do the fight you can see them all running around leaving them training behind and while they're off to get the ore nodes or go to the next mission objective or whatever and i wonder if that's been the case all along in mmos no one stops to just fight everything perhaps these things aren't there to be fought perhaps at some point you have to draw a line and say okay maybe i shouldn't be trying to (laughs) <laughs> cleanse the world of monsters maybe i should just st- selfishly go and get on with the specific task i have in mind i don't know some would it, say it, cleansing the world of monsters is the selfish <laughs> i know I'm, I'm trying to well it's the vanquishing thing from guild wars one which we're still doing yeah but um yeah guild wars two the the, the I mean, I appreciate the, what you get because you do get this stuff for free. I mean, if you, you have to, you have to log in during the time that's available. If you, after a while, they take it away, and then when you log in later down the line, you have to pay gems to get these things unlocked. Which, so yeah, I mean, I think you've lost already the Bloodstone Finn. I think you're probably going to lose Ember Bay soon if you don't log in now or nowabouts. But, but um, Bitter Frost Frontier and uh, the uh, the new one, Lake Doric, are still available, and, and they are good zones. They're a, they're a nice addition to the top end of going about and doing your day-to-day and just enjoying the world and zones it's the story and the the people and the npcs and the events and the stupid stupid boss fights that tend to mar it a bit for me i suppose i mean yeah i'll get there i mean i had to quit out because i ran out of time because i had to get on with the rest of my life but i'm so i'm gonna have to go and do it again probably but i will do it eventually but i'm not enjoying it and i'm not gonna be that pleased or proud about it it's just a tedious bit of broken glass i'm gonna have to crawl over so that i can get to the next thing that i do want to do which is 
presumably Living World Episode 5 or whatever. I don't know what the, the long-term plan is for it. more of these episodes and mini-zones, which is nice. It's a good format. I like it compared to what they've done with the Season 2 and 1. But sooner or later, I expect there'll be a major expansion coming with a, a big a whole load set of zones and all the rest of it. I imagine that'll be tuned at hardcore end game raiders as well, yeah, like, of course like Heart of Thornsworth. Maybe they don't want me. Maybe I shouldn't be there. Maybe this is them telling me, go away, noob. I know? think they're assuming that people like you have gone away a long time ago perhaps, and they only have hardcore left. Perhaps they're, they're doing, perhaps they're in the right and I'm just a victim of my own stubbornness. Yeah, perhaps I should just find easier games that I enjoy more. I think possibly they're in the wrong. They're just assuming that everyone wants this. Well, yeah, but the, the, well, that's because every, you only ever hear from the loud hardcore raiding minority on your forums and engaging with your community manager on twitter and stuff it's it's the normals the people who just want an average experience an average difficulty average time commitment and so on average physical demands they're they're not the sort of people who are going to get on the forums and start railing about their case or if they do they'll post something up and then they'll get immediately stomped down by like a whole bunch of try hard raiding types yeah and, and sworn at and stuff so in on balance they learn just not to bother getting involved with the feedback cycle at all so it does all get harder and harder and harder and eventually drives most people away and that's that's how games die i suppose but then games also die if they're too easy and everyone's bored so i think it's impossible to get right and i'm glad i don't have to (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah we're still playing there um i gotta carry on try and bat my head against this mission thing and hopefully try and try in a manner that actually works they keep patching it so um they put in a patch, there's a whole new mini currency to collect in this zone, jade fragments, and they, they appear on ground nodes like normal harvesting, and, and now, after the last patch, you no longer get jade shards from the jade shards, you just get dust and money and stuff, expound magic, because apparently there was some massive exploit that was just totally destabilising it all. So, you know, from a QA yeah. perspective, it is exactly what I expect from the MMO genre, so buyer beware, um, but you're getting it for free if you log in now anyway, so it's not too hard to complain about, I guess. Yeah, so there we go. Grr. Yeah, it's over to so you. So you enjoying yourself then? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I enjoy not enjoying myself, so I suppose on that score, I win. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm going to talk about a game which released this week on Xbox. Okay. Uh, bizarrely, Xbox. You're still doing that? Yeah. Well, it's convenient. Now I've got one next to my bed, so I don't have to get out of bed. Uh, lazy gaming. Lazy gaming, definitely. Yeah, Fallout Shelter released on Xbox of all things. Fallout Shelter. That That's like, the mobile phone game. Right, yeah, yeah. It was a mobile phone game, and then there was a PC version. Yeah. Uh, which you needed to download uh, their special launcher to be able to play, so no one knows exists. <laughs> oh, good. Everyone likes a, everyone likes an unnecessary Steam alert. And this yeah. week, it released on uh, Xbox One and Windows 10 with crossplay. Mm. Okay. Uh, of course, it being a free-to-play game, you don't have to buy it, so it just means that the saves are shared between the two. Right. And the achievements are saved between the two and whatnot. And so I started playing it again, because you know, I was curious to see how badly it would play on a controller. Yeah, yeah. The answer is it is reasonably badly, designed for touch. <laughs> and it's a touch, basically, yeah. It's a touch, or I suppose that means it will work well with a mouse. But well, it sort of works well with a mouse. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've been playing it, and it sort of works. It's just a bit clunky. You can't quite do anything as fast as you can on the phone. But yeah, there's lots of stuff. When I first played it properly, and when it came out, there was none of the uh, uh, questing or anything in there. It was just purely you're making these rooms, harvest these rooms, make number go up, make more rooms, harvest these rooms, have very, very, very uh, dodgy social uh, commentary on the use of women in a post-apocalyptic situation. Mm, Yes, best not dwell on that too much, I suppose. I am having tremendous difficulties with genetic diversity. 
<laughs> well, that'll happen when you've only got like 30 people in a bunker for yeah. the next hundred years. Yeah, no one wants to talk about it, but in this situation, there is going to need to be a rotor. I think the whole vault premise is not entirely based on science or fact. In yeah. fact, even within game, the vault thing's sort of held up as, as a sort of obvious not going to work thing and, and revealed as a whole bunch of psychological experiments. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so anyway, um, uh, there was a, a point where my entire vault was pregnant at the same time. Right. Gosh, was... that's going to put a stress on resources. You, you think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and there's the fact that yeah, anyway. The, the game does not have a good message to say on the whole role of women in the uh, post-apocalyptic well, world. Well, it's a whole post-apocalyptic spoof parody thing anyway. Even so, so it's, it, doesn't, sli- it doesn't generally take itself that seriously. It's slightly distasteful. Mm. But, yeah, okay, I've been playing it. Uh, what they've basically added since the last time I played it seriously was the ability to... You have a overseer's room now, which okay. has quests, and you can send people out to do quests, and they, then they have to go explore a building and uh, solve problems through the medium of killing stuff. Right. Okay. The only language we understand. Yeah. So you basically assemble your team of three, five people, however many. They wander off for four hours to walk to the place real time. Hmm. Then when they get there, you have to go room by room, and uh, they wander into a room. There will be some enemies in there. They will shoot the enemies on the combat which the only interaction with you have is occasionally a critical hit thing will come up and then you have to click at the right time mm, yeah it's well the whole thing's designed as a phone game isn't it which yeah. that kind of thing is fine for a phone but probably not as a sort of sit down for yeah, three hours it, windows <laughs> and yeah i sat down and played game. it for three hours it, okay. it's weird yeah, yeah okay then you go through and you get to gather stuff and you go through just harvesting all the resources as you would do in a fallout game you know you go through every single uh, cupboard and steal anything that's not nailed down yeah you never steal the cupboard though yeah you should probably steal the cupboard it's nailed down yeah it's mainly mainly made of metal and stuff though mm. Uh, yeah, and then you go back and you just continue building new uh, water and power and food so that you can support having more water and power and food generation. Mm, okay. Yeah, it, it, do, it doesn't really have the world's best reward cycle. but Not it much has, of a narrative. It has some strangely, oddly comforting gameplay. It's sort of uh, slightly addictive in a comforting kind of way. Yeah, sort of click, I think. Yeah. Uh, the, of course, it also runs on Windows 10 now with the same thing. Uh, the clicking on that is almost as uh, almost as bad as on the Xbox, but not quite as bad. It's How do you get that wrong? If you've got a mouse instead of a touch on a touch screen, that should be well, more no, or less analogous. It's still not as nice as touching. Touching is just nicer. Oh, fair enough. In it. Uh, there's a bit where a mysterious stranger will turn up. Yes. And a bit of music will play, and you have to find him in your uh, <laughs> vault in two seconds. Wow. And it's nearly impossible on the uh, Xbox uh, beyond when you've got six rooms, because oh, you just can't move around fast enough. Yes, yeah. And it's almost impossible on the PC as well, because it's just not as fast as doing it on a phone. Yeah. Mind you, it's almost impossible on the PC. Because with the mouse, well. you have to traverse the distance from point one yeah. to point two. I can move my finger a lot faster than yeah, I can exactly. move the mouse. Exactly, just touch straight on it. So yeah, yeah that, that's, that's weird. A mechanic that doesn't translate. Really. Luckily, that doesn't actually reward you that well, so you can totally ignore that yeah, fair as a mechanic. Which, you know, when you're saying luckily you can totally ignore that mechanic, <laughs> uh, that's not really selling that mechanic as a good yeah, thing. Yeah, but increasingly I see that in so many games. Luckily, you don't have to do that bit. Uh, you <laughs> don't have to, you fight only have that to do monster. that bit first. <laughs> yeah, you can you can just avoid that monster if you do this. Yeah. Uh, uh. yeah, it's weird. I don't know why it came out on Xbox. It doesn't really. Fit. I don't know. Does it 
and you say it's free to play so yeah how do you is it still the same cash shop mechanic oh yeah it's the same cash shop you could pay uh, money to speed up progress bars that sort of yeah thing. pay money to speed up progress bars pay money to get cards which give you new things okay the usuals um well i imagine it can't have been a huge amount of effort to create a port on a similar kind of basic platform i don't know yeah yeah it says weird i don't understand but <laughs> i've been playing it so it, it must just have never really appealed right. to me no no i mean i have real trouble finding phone games i like anyway but uh yeah, but that, that, that was a, that's what held up as one of the better ones. Yeah, no, it, it is a good example of a good phone game in that kind of way. It's still as deep as a puddle. <laughs> We're just not sure why it's on the Xbox and PC. Yeah, yeah. it just seems like a weird choice to add it now, mm. especially now of all times. Yeah, without any fanfare, it just said, "Oh, it's coming out. Oh, it's out." Yeah, all in the space of days. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'll be playing that. Yeah, cool. Uh, oh, I talk about the division. Still playing. Okay. That. Yeah, done. Finished. <laughs> oh, excellent! That was Bye. quick. Yeah, I, it is really quite short, actually. I mean, if you go at it, I mean, it is, isn't it? Akeley just picked it up. I think halfway between when I started, I think about a couple of weeks ago, and he's up to thirty as well. So level thirty is your level cap, but then it just switches over onto gear score, which then adds a whole two hundred and fifty-six effective levels based on the uh, the bits of equipment you're currently toting about. Um, yeah, and I do love the gear score chase. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an odd and counterintuitive thing. I'm finding myself having to equip less effective bits of equipment to allow my myself access to one of five world tiers and they're really quite rigidly enforced as well you can't just decide to have a crack at tier five you must have gear score x before it will let you change the world's difficulty up to level whatever so you've got these five gear score tiers um we just about finished the mission chain and the story and stuff all the the main the major missions and stuff in the first playthrough got got those done i think we're just mopping up the 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 uh the rest of the side activities the stuff that's just happening out in the streets with all the icons got those all done i think this weekend actually um, yeah, we had we had full team as well. That's quite interesting. Had four, uh, four of us in a team wow. charging around the city there. Uh, I've decided that the sniping's not really that helpful when you've got a large team of people also charging around with big guns. So I've, how many I've, times do you snipe other people? <laughs> we won't let you. No, no. but I was, I was landing one hit on them, and then then Tepo would just charge up and murder everything with an assault rifle or something. So I've, it became a sort of almost spectator sport, to be honest. So I decided I would be more helpful pulling out an M60. I have okay, I, do, yeah. I now have a favourite light machine gun. There oh. you go. That's what this game has done to me. I've turned into some kind of gun nut. But um, yes, the M60 is. Why have large. you chosen the M60? I've chosen the M60. I'm glad you asked because it has a very large capacity ammo belt fed thing and it's very noisy as well. That's that's why I've chosen that. Okay. Basically I just okay. went for the loudest dacker dacker I could. I mean, you know, thinking thinking with my inner orc, I yeah. decided that the situation could not benefit even more but but by adding more dacker so my contribution now is to just open up with the M60, spraying downrange as much as I can. Um, and if you hit them enough with that, they go. There's a suppressed thing appears above the head, and then they hide behind a box and don't come out anymore, which is making life very difficult for the rest of my team. Apparently, um, so I'm I'm not sure I'm actually helping. But I've also decided that cool guys don't let go of the trigger either. So I do. I will try and unload the entire 190 shots in in over the space of about a minute and a half. Good man. Even long after they're dead and stuff, just because the the noise. I am really that simple it's <laughs> just a really loud daka 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 that goes on for ages before you have to reload it's fantastic you find the right clip to slot in the mod thing i found one with like plus 90 percent ammo capacity you know, magazine size or something and it will just go for hours and i've refused to put a silencer on it because that's really not the point um so yeah shock and awe that's the way also i'm, I'm very much enjoying the seeker minds ability you get various hockey abilities you can deploy during combat, like AOE heals, that sort of thing. Pings that 
show up red outlines behind boxes. I use that one. That's quite good. But the Seeker Mines. There's a bunch of little rolling mines that make R2-D2 noises and just go just go rolling off after the enemies. Excellent. And I've modified it. You can modify each of the abilities. Mine, mine splits... So it gets near an enemy and then splits into about ten of these little mines and they all go bouncing along and around. <laughs> it's just crazy chaos, explosions, daka daka daka. Um, I'm not sure I'm really helping to the the stated um, stated mandate of the division, which is to ensure continuity of government in a, in the event of a crisis. I think I'm just going crazy with a gun in the street. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I don't have a red name over my head is because we're not really doing the dark zone much yet. Um, yeah, so we got to the end of that. We, obviously, now we're into the now you can rinse and repeat in multiple difficulty levels and, and alternate currencies and special gear sets and all the rest of My it. My favourite type of content. The, the sort of keep busy end game stuff. Yeah, I mean it's probably a bit of a bit of a misnomer to call it end game, really, because it's it, it was so quick the pre end game. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, the it's game, actually the game. The game was was over very quickly, and now we're into the rinse and repeat. You can repeat any of the mission instances. You can set them to higher difficulty levels for better gear drops and so on. There's a worldwide gear tiering that you can adjust to make the things harder or, or more easy. Um, and yeah, and there's a colossal amount of phone recordings and, and, and um, UAV drones hanging from fire escapes and things like that to go off and find and collect the full sets of. I've got the, the command centre fully finished. Um, it just fully unlocks all your abilities, really. That's yeah. the main thing. Um, and yeah, I could see it as a as a sort of just drop in for a few hours, do a mission. You know, we, we're doing the Saturdays at the moment as a kind of static thing, and occasionally I pop in now and then on my own, and just pop pop about and try and collect collect uh, you know survival guide pages and things that I'd missed on the first playthrough. I could see it becoming quite a casual sort of experience, though. There's no further major story there. I mean, the story that was in there was very good and some of it's told through the mission sequence but a lot of it's told through the phone logs and the the sort of dossiers and things you're picking up as you look finding the hiddens and it does leave it on a very sort of uh, i suppose yeah spoilers and so on but the, the story does tend to leave it in a sort of ambiguous cliffhangery type position where basically one of the first wave of division agents of particular guys decided to go rogue in a very big way uh, has found the guy who made the virus taken all his notes killed him and then has disappeared off into the dark zone with some sort of nebulous threat about making even even more powerful viruses and selling them or something Fair like enough. that yeah good on him so basically that leaves you with a sort of rinse and repeat do the dark Dark Zone type narrative um, and it's the sort of story that doesn't really end I mean there are DLCs there's an underground thing there's a survival mode thing I don't know if there are different stories I don't think they're necessarily more of the, the main story um, but apparently there's books and, and other things out there that always go, go are with now. it as well so I might track some of that down you know I'm not, not, a, not averse to a well written game time novel I suspect you're going to be disappointed. I'd probably be disappointed. I don't know. I really, I really liked it. I mean, it, it had the feel of a good Tom Clancy sort of thriller to it. But I, yeah, I, I found it hard to see where you could go as a sequel. You know, a straight hit the Division Two or whatever, and continuing that story. Because I mean, I, at the moment we don't really know if the rest of the world's been wiped out by this thing or not. Whether this this bugs, you know, this is it proper post-apocalyptic, or whether they managed to contain it on the island and everything off the island's fine. I don't know. It seems unlikely. It seems. You know, based on everything we've seen and, and know about so far, that it's probably wiped out most of the world by now. But um, yeah, interesting. And, it, and it's, I, I do sometimes quite like a, an, an ambiguous ending. Uh, uh, we're not going to tick all the boxes. We're not going to close everything. We'll leave leave it to you to work to have a think about yourself. Yeah. You know? And this seems to be one of those sorts of stories. It's quite well told. I liked it. I mean, the basic gunplay of it all. I mean, I've ranted extensively just now in Guild Wars about having to having to, having to move constantly if you're standing still. You're not having fun. But this is a cover-based shooter which means you have to hide behind a box 
You know, if you're not behind a chest eye wall, you are dead. But you can't stay behind the same chest eye wall or you're dead because they keep yeah. throwing grenades yeah. a lot and they keep walking towards you slowly with bullet sponge, short range shotgun people and stuff. And when you crank that, they, they, the world tears up. My God, that really starts to lay bare the sort of ridiculous nature of bullets, the bullet sponge mon- enemies in this game. I, I, I almost called them monsters there because it feels like that. They don't seem like human beings when you can unload an entire 190 shots of an M60 from about 20 feet away into their head <laughs> and they're still coming for you yeah. that's not a human being of any of any recognizable description even if they are wearing a welding mask you know <laughs> i don't know a lot about guns i don't know a lot about the ballistics and the velocities and the forces involved but it just starts to get really ridiculous when these people you know essentially wearing ski masks are taking entire clips of assault weaponry yeah. to the head from three or four feet away and just still hitting you to death with an axe it just starts to break it is the uncanny valley isn't it because they've done such a good job of creating new york and they've done such a good job of you know wonderfully adhering to the gun porn and all the serial numbers of all the weapons and everything i'm sure these are all guns that exist in real life and are based on actual special assault forces weapons and stuff but i bet if you unloaded the entire clip 10 feet away into the man's head he'd probably die quite quickly there'd probably be a load of red mist and and it wouldn't matter what sort of ski mask or, or welding goggles he was wearing you know so that just sort of breaks the entire immersion of it as well you know i mean i would much prefer it to be a sort of kind of one hit kill game even if that meant yes well because yeah it often is a one hit kill game coming the other way yeah you, you aren't you aren't one of these weird alien superhuman robot beings that are, that are dressed up as humans to attack you with with axes you know you, you you go down very quickly if you're out of cover so that in that respect they try and maintain some realism but when you're, you know, just daka 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 daka, you know, just the sorts of the sorts of hail of fire that can destroy small small vehicles is not slowing them down noticeably. You just start to start to look at the gun in disbelief and want to surrender. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a shame. But it's it's a fun game. I can see it. I can see me just dropping in and playing it. I, mean, I was using the I was using Defiance for that kind of experience, and it is quite a similar feel to it. A bit more cover based, but not quite as run around shotgunny. But but it's that kind of drop in. Have, you know, have half an hour of shooting fun and then go off on your merry way. I don't see it necessarily being a, a sort of four hour session game going forward. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the DLC yet either. I don't know if I'll bother stumping up for that or not. A lot of people said the DLC was quite. Underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. I'd like more of it, more of the game, but uh, perhaps that's not the best way to go about it. Perhaps I just settle in for the the gear progression. I mean, everyone I see in all the little safe houses has got a little two five six number next to their head, so it means they basically finished the gear score progression as well. And uh, so I can't imagine that lasts very long. I mean, I'm already on gear score 188, and we only finished the normal levels about two weeks ago. You know, it's very quick. You very quickly gear up. I suppose there's tinkering and builds on the very top end set items and you know which 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 mods to slot in to try and enhance what stats and stuff. But so much of the gun battle stuff seems quite rough and ready and not nearly as nuanced as build theory craft would would dictate yeah. you know if you've got a gun and you can aim straight you're probably okay i don't know i don't know perhaps i'm missing some some subtle nuanced dimension of it i think dark zone we need to try some of that properly i think coming up yeah i mean i'm not a huge pvp person in general but if we get enough of us <laughs> going planet side two style perhaps i don't know i don't know it's, it's a different kind of experience part of the game i haven't seen yet but uh, perhaps it'll be awful perhaps it'll be fun but uh, lots to see there still, yeah. So yeah, that's me. The division still going. Okay. Tokyo shooters. Yeah. Um, the playthrough of Gears of War finished. Oh, so right. we've moved on to Halo. 
Gears of War? Are you in super duper stupid difficulty mode? No, we, mode? Had, we, <laughs> we had to drop two gears difficulty down because we couldn't do it. Cause oh, right. My skills have atrophied. Oh, dear. Anyway, no, we started Halo. You don't want to Gears 2? No, we three, went to Halo. Halo, right. That doesn't seem right. You should probably do the whole the whole trilogy. Well, no, you, that way I think would really annoy me. <laughs> Fair enough. So Halo. Yeah, so we, we've been playing uh, Halo in uh, uh, multiplayer, two of us. Cool. Um, which, uh, in, through, caught through the plot, that game really does stand up well still. Yeah? Is this yeah. the, are you doing the, oh, whatever, the, the re- remastered one? Yeah, the, yeah. the one that was out recently, the Master, yeah, they sort of the Master it, Chef collection. They, they redid it all with modern textures and things. Yeah. yeah. It still doesn't look like a modern game. Wow. Well, but uh, it looks good enough. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, it, it's it's just an incredibly well put together game. Uh, the, the levels are interesting, mostly. I'll get onto that in a second. <laughs> uh, the the uh, gameplay is still brilliant. The music's great. And it's just an inter- a mostly enjoyable experience all the way through. Well, I say mostly. Mostly. Oh, here we go. But the dot, library. Dot, dot. The library. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, there, there's some levels towards that bit uh, when the flood come in. The Flood, a really, really annoying uh, swarm-type enemy. Okay. Really, really annoying. I uh, no and, Halo experience at all. And around then, you're doing stuff like you're, you're uh, running around a facility where every room looks the same, joined together by identical corridors. Oh, wow. And you have to make a pen and paper map. <laughs> I would if I could. <laughs> Old but school. The first gunfight, I get turned around, and then I don't know if I'm going forwards or backwards, and it's I think it's making me double back anyway. I'm not 100% sure. You don't have a big holographic line pointing to the no. way out. No, uh, just the modern niceties. I'm bouncing around thinking, where am I meant to be going? It's all confusing. Ah, <laughs> oh, modern game design has a, a lot of stuff it has solved. Mm, yeah. Although, saying that, you know, the whole idea of a, uh, a game which just leads you by the nose all the way through can be a bit boring. In this case, it's just a bit annoying not knowing if I'm after I finish a fight and I wander off down identical corridors mm. and I don't know that I'm backtracking at that point. I suppose it's a question of how solved do you want your problem to be? Yeah. Do you want it super duper solved so you don't have to do anything and it's all done for you or do you want uh, just some some useful hints or even a, a workable UI? You know, that's a, that's a solution to a lot of the old gaming problems, just oh, better yeah. user interface. Yeah, yeah so, so I, I, uh, I did discover that this wandering through identical rooms repeatedly, stopping occasionally to have a fight, really just make me sleepy. <laughs> it's the best cure for insomnia ever, um, I think. Yeah, I think, I think many people would regard that as a sign of game design failure if, yeah. if the gameplay is making you tired and no, sleepy. I, I was dropping off in the middle of that game. It, wow. it, it's, yeah, uh, some of that design is not as good as it could be. Well, this is but what the, we were talking about earlier with, with Guild Wars 2 and stuff, and, and, and the division as well, to some extent, is that got to keep you on your toes, got to keep you interested. You know, it's the, because the alternative is what? A game where you just stand in a field and work through a rotation as monsters shuffle or stand, yeah. stand near you and marionette at you. I don't know, yeah. Again, how solved do you want your problems? Yeah. I don't remember it being this annoying the first time through, hmm. but yeah, we'll see. So that's just a particular level, though, is it? Like, yeah. The rest yeah. of it's good? Yeah, the rest of it's fine and great. Also, a lot of games have that level, have that sequence, that set piece. That yeah, the, the, that level that nobody yourself. stopped and said, hang on, maybe we yeah. should cut this. Maybe we don't need to be 13 hours long. Maybe we could be 12 hours long and not have this level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if a game is a series of experiences, not all of them can be as awesome as each other. I suppose there's always going to be a worst bit of any game. True, but, but like the worst have, bit to not be annoying. You just have to grit your teeth and get through it, I suppose, to enjoy the rest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I've been playing that. And uh, next uh, time we'll probably have finished it, so I'll be able to say, 
if that has ruined my experience of the entire game. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Is that, so you're just doing the Halo 1 and not working through the entire trilogy there? Well, no, we're going to. We'll probably okay. end up... I don't know if we're going to be playing Gears 2 next or maybe Halo uh, 2. Halo 2 is possibly the highlight of the series. Grand so. tour of various shooters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, early Microsoft uh, <laughs> Xbox shooters, the tour of... <laughs> Sounds like a white paper. Yeah. Mm. So uh, we've been playing a bit of Elite Dangerous. Yep. Um, I say we. There's been a bit of motions towards trying some I've been kind of. I it too. Yeah. I, I, there seems to be a bit of enthusiasm for the idea of doing a, a static group, which we're going to be doing on the Tuesdays. Um, so we've I've laid down some basic ideas and and, and, a, and basic uh, set of rules in the Slack channel. Yeah. Yep. So we it's, you get your sidewinders out. The reason I think that because well for starters we've got a couple of people who've only just started playing. I never owned a sidewinder. You're going to have to buy one and try it, yeah. aren't you? Because you're yeah. one of these super duper fake. Patron founder types who I kickstarted it, so I got given. You start in a Cobra Mark Three, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, it's all right for some. Yeah, mm. I've, I've I've got to the the, the we, so the plan is we're gonna we're gonna go to Seoul. We're gonna uh, yes, go on. Uh, I'm allowed in Seoul because I kickstarted it. You might as well not be playing the game at all because you've paid enough to you don't have to. I, I I've broken down every barrier of the game by paying money. I I feel dirty. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, some of us are, are on the cheap seats and don't buy games until they're actually finished, um, and we are not allowed in Seoul. So apparently, to go to Seoul, yeah, the home of the human race, you need to. That's to clarify that. Yes, you know, just in case. Yeah. Well, I don't know who's listening to this. You know, that's true. Actually. I mean, I, I have on good authority that that some of these podcasts have gone out on the Voyager to golden disc so there you go um yes we're going to try and visit voyager one and two apparently they are in game they're yeah. actually there you can i think you can get to them um so that's the big plan we're going to try and go to Seoul. but you that's the being the being the heart of the federation they don't let any old riffraff in there so we need to work at getting to i think rank four in the federation military what's doing anyway because then you can officer. get the federation ships as well yeah, unlocks access to some ships and some other star systems and facilities and things as well but it's a bit of a mini grind i, I mean i see it as a midterm goal we may not make it that far but it may not work at all this whole group idea but it's sort of quite an experimental idea so to get the federation rank four we will need to do work for federation aligned local factions in systems we can go to work on the the mission board there or do 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 trading in their outposts or whatever and that basically should be the framework of 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 stuff we can do as a big old gang is i don't know dropping on various conflict zones and try and join one side there space wars and stuff or just general anything you'd normally be doing and to earn money in there as long as you do it for the right kind of faction you should theoretically rank yeah i've looked at the rules yep you gain faction yeah by you buying low and selling high i think so yeah you don't gain faction by you buying high and selling low and benefiting everyone else um yeah i don't know what really how that works i don't do a lot of merchanting myself i yeah. tend to go for the uh, delivery missions and so stuff. you're helping the faction by improving the profits. economics of their the base they own yeah if you it depends if they're in charge of the star base you're doing the selling at i suppose you theoretically are paying some sort of nominal taxes yeah. or something or you're just helping their local economy for which they like you better Anyways, so every so often you'll fill this secondary rep bar with Federation, which gets to the point to 100%, and then you need to find a special mission that you do, which will then give you the promotion. And we need to do four of those, that'll then let us into Sol, then we can visit Earth, we can land on the moon with our SRVs, I think you can land on Mercury as well, I think that's landable. Um, so we can go and have, have racing, racing June buggy fun on the moon, that'd be good, on Luna. 
Uh, and yes, find find the uh, Voyager one and two probes, which in the year thirty three oh three, which is when Elite Dangerous is set, are uh, are still not very far out of the solar system at all. <laughs> so, so you could probably we can find them. I think I think they are there. I've heard people say that. They're yeah, they're there. So um, that's the plan. So the wings is a feature that they added since our first go at trying this group play thing, and the, we had all sorts of trouble with the group play stuff before. Where basically I was in one bit of space, and two friends were there as well. They couldn't see each other, but I could see them they were sort of weird phasings going on so i'm hoping wings adds some kind of hard-coded priority system to who's actually in your space we're also doing it as part of a private group which i've set up um that'll help as well private group basically just means that only people on your friends list or who are in that private group show up in game visible i just stopped playing on that mode really yeah yeah i mean i i i i, I was i was chasing teppo into a, a starbase he was coming into dock there i saw him saw him ahead of me i thought yeah hey, there's a player it's, it's someone i know as well so the group the, the private group thing does work um he was in a viper mark four which is very swish wow yeah i think i got one of them yeah yeah you've got have you got an anaconda not yet noob so do uh, you i no, i I, i'm a very casual player i'm in my diamond back scout at the moment still although i recently did a community goal that gave me about eight million credits oh so i'm I'm good to go for quite a few upgrades now but the big it's always the don't fly what you can't afford type thing isn't it it's not just the cost of the ship you need 10 percent extra for the insurance if you can't pay for the insurance when you blow up you will lose the ship entirely you get given a sidewinder with no gear in it instead so always 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 have enough cash to, to cover your insurance rebuy but if you're in a sidewinder with no gear then your insurance rebuy is effectively zero which is one of the reasons we're going to start in sidewinders because yes we've got players who just started and they're in sidewinders but also if we're all in sidewinders it doesn't matter if we do some crazy stuff and get ourselves blown up because we're going to lose literally nothing yeah i can pay for my sidewinders through a couple of minutes of yeah training. i mean obviously the more mods you put in it you start putting b grades and a grade mods in there then or i did do some working out and you can make that sidewinder very expensive i think i may have put a few a's in my sidewinder already i've got my sidewinder purchased and ready to go um and yeah we'll see we'll see i mean the wings are for four players but a private group i think theoretically a star system instance in Leak dangerous can hold 32 players i've seen else written down somewhere so we'll try that so what we'll have is a couple of wings uh, and all trying to drop in on the same combat zones or missions or whatever i don't know i've literally no idea how it's going to functionally work or how useful this all is it may be a disastrous experiment in which no one has any fun but i imagine it's going to be a bit of a giggle just trying to figure out how everything works but yeah we'll we'll try working for uh, i think barnard's star miller depot is where we're aiming at oh is it okay that's where i need to be is it that's the rendezvous yeah it, it turns out to be not a great station actually it's got not got a lot in the way of equipment and gear but uh, there are other nearby star systems that do have it all in but basically we want to be quite close to sol so that we uh, are, can get there when we're ready so that's that's me the big plan i'm looking forward to it we're going to start this tuesday i think um and uh, i have no idea what's going to happen it's gonna be great gonna be flying around and shooting yeah yeah so uh, good times there yeah i mean the the community goals are coming and going in there they're still doing that colonia thing which is like thirty thousand light years away from everywhere else so you've got to be really quite committed to uh spend an afternoon lugging a load of yeah. travel guides out there um there yeah there, there was a recent one where freighters um passenger ships have been destroyed in a particular system i turned up was it me i think um yeah i think someone uh pointed that one out and got me to come over and help them so there was two going on at the same time in the same system one was for shooting down pirates who were harassing people trying to do the rescue operation combat basically yeah. the other one was to go in and grab occupied escape pods from the wreckage and take them back to a particular starbase and sell them on the market uh, presumably that's a finder's fee not actual slavery um, is it empire space uh, 
Is no, it not in Vice okay. Boys. No, it's an alliance. Um, then it's a finder's fee. Yes. Yeah, you get given money for the successful salvage, but it all works through the market interface. So it does rather seem like you're selling these people in escape pods, not even you know letting them out or anything, yeah. just straight out. Um, <laughs> so, um, so the the. The combat one got to tier 10 and finished early. And uh, I managed to get back about 30,000 30, credits worth of bounty, maybe 300,000 credits of bounty. Not a huge amount, but the, the total bounties for that was something like a couple of billion. And so I, I, I managed to rank into the top 100% of, of contributions. Hooray! <laughs> I took part. Here is a, here is a medal. Thank you. Um, so I got very little cash for that. I think I got about half a million, maybe. But then uh, by just doing, I think, six trips in my Diamondback scale, which was about four or five escape pods per trip so i contributed about 25 30 escape pods rescue that put me in the top 50 percent of that goal which didn't auto complete but i still managed to get about eight million credits for doing that oh, nice. so, so there we go if you take the time to actually do the scooping you always do the one that no one wants to do it's, it's not yeah, that stuff was, up. well that was functionally because the way it was all set up the big cloud of debris and some rescue ships there and a few pirates wandering around outside but they won't get involved or aggro until you're you know well into it or if you open fire first so it turned out to be actually a a relatively safe merchant type mission you know salvage rescue selling commodities essentially without having to do any fighting but obviously that's not why most people are playing elite dangerous i don't think most people playing elite dangerous want to do the fighting fighting which yeah. is why you go to this wreckage site and then just stay out there for about two hours ganking everything from the, uh, the the bridge of your command destroyer or whatever these people fly anacondas clippers something like that so yeah the the shooting was much more popular than the uh, <laughs> the salvage work as it as you can imagine i'm not surprised i'm guessing that for our big uh, big gang nights out we'll be doing mostly combat but i'm not adverse to us all taking haulage stuff whatever yeah. it takes to get that federation rep up as quickly as possible get to earth make make earth visitable again that's my my big campaign motto see um and that's so yeah we'll try we'll try try a bit of mining maybe try some try some trading just try various different types of thing i imagine most of it though the most sense will be having like you know eight of us all dropping in on a combat zone and going crazy on one so. side or the other that'll be the thing be interesting to see i'll be interested to see how everyone does with all their peripherals as well there's been a lot of talk on slack about x38s and, and hotasses and vr goggles and whatnot and there's me with a mouse and keyboard and one monitor yes i look at my VR I know, look at, my yeah, yeah, hotas look and, at yeah. those they got they got their lots like metal metal hoops to stop you accidentally flicking the switches that's, that's it's actually really handy stuff. when you've got the vr headset on yeah so also that's just a throttle then really what that's does hotas stand for hands off throttle on stick there we hands go on, hands, on. <laughs> hands, hands on hands off throttle on sticks different that's different that's a crash <laughs> right good <laughs> Um, yeah. That's what happens when you uh, go and grab a uh, can of beer while you're trying to dock. Yes, yes, very much. I, I, I only managed to dock without asking permission once in my recent playthrough. Oh, quite good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I've come in quite half fast on some of those pads a few now and then. The Diamondback Scout's very good. I might might get the Diamondback Explorer. That's the next one up. Same, but a bit bigger. Very nifty ship. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to that. I went on a little trip, Oh, yeah. I went off and I found Shoots Colony. Oh, you went and found your own space yeah. station. Yeah, it's the worst planet I've ever seen. <laughs> it's terrible. There's nothing there. It's this poxy little agricultural colony. It's one of those dock nowhere. on the outside yeah. box jobs, isn't it's it? It's got nothing. No resources. Oh dear! It didn't I, ever repair, did it? No. I want the ability to upgrade these places. Um. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, a, a proposed mechanic coming down the line or anything. I know they they add stations as a result of community goals and drives and power play and stuff. So you know the the, the map is somewhat dynamic, but I got I imagine that's that's done by hand by Frontier yeah. Development. I don't think that's a mechanic as such. I, I want the ability for us to get together as a group and make my station better. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll I'll post that idea and see what people think. <laughs> uh, the big problem we got at the moment, I think, is that, is that some of the some of the gang can't actually jump far enough between stars to get yeah. to the rendezvous because yeah. the, the starter sidewinder is. I think you can do six light years at a real push. Remember, you don't need shields or guns. Seriously, take take but take unused equipment you're not going to use to actively travel off the ship because it reduces the mass, which means the frameshift drive pushes you further. Also, yeah, do upgrade the frameshift drive. Um, you can get a D D grade one very quickly and easily. The the E grade stuff is what you get to start with. The D grade stuff is better in every respect. It's lighter, better, faster, and it hardly costs any money at all. It's once you start going up to C's, D, you know, C's, B's, and A's that the you have to start making trade offs. I think there is. There's a set of rules to it all that I can't quite remember, but I think like the C grade stuff is generally heavier, whereas the B grade stuff is lighter but not as powerful, but is is more expensive. There's you know there's various reasons for each yeah. class, but there's no reason at all to have E grade anything. D grade is always better in every regard, so yeah, put that on at least. But yeah, add more add more frame shift drive, take bits and pieces off the ship. Um, you'll you'll be able to get a bit further. Change your auto route settings as well. The 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 route go for efficient. Well, go for fastest because that that takes that makes you go a bit longer individual trumps. Oh yeah, that and then yeah, yeah <laughs> take your chances with a fuel scoop or, or fuel along yeah. the way. But you are more efficient at doing smaller jumps. Yes, if you do short jumps, you can do more of them. Yeah, yeah. So if you set it for most economical, it'll do lots of short jumps. Whereas if you set it for fastest, it will do lots of long jumps, and you have to just really be careful you don't get a bad run of sc- yeah. non scoopable stars that sort of thing. Yeah, good times. Lots to learn. Lots, lots of nuance. Lots of intricacies you don't really suspect from the first playthrough, from the first appearances of the whole game. There's lots of interesting little things to discover. It's good stuff. I'm looking forward to it a lot. It's going to be good fun. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's it. No, no, right. Uh, Elite was my other game. Oh, cool. So uh, wow, we're going to be playing the same game. I know. That almost never happens. I know. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll get bored after a week. Oh, fair enough. All right, so do your spiel. Uh, go along to YouTube where you can like this uh, video and subscribe if you aren't subscribing to it and see the end of regrowth. Wow, we made it. We did. Have you done it? Is it, is it up now? No. Is it nearly up? After this episode yeah. goes up, yeah. after this podcast goes up, yeah. there's one episode left. Wow. Fantastic. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did it. We ticked off all the hexagons. Yeah. Incredible. Everything. And we I, immediately I, started a new thing. Yeah, we did. That, that that was a hectic recording because <laughs> we're suckers for punishment. Three hours recorded in one night. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, you can go along to howtobettertime dot com where you can make it fall over just by visiting. <laughs> Sorry, I've got database issues. Okay. Yes. Uh, join us next week when we will be talking about regrowth as well. Uh, we're going to actually discuss a bit more the about retrospective. the retrospective on where regrowth goes right and where it goes wrong. Mm, okay. And also talk about what else we've been playing. So join us next time for that. See you later. Goodbye.